0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today is going down right here. Fantasy Sports Today right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dave Martinez and the King, Scott Engel i are going to be taking you through the next hour, looking back at all the Week 7 games that happened yesterday. It'll preview Monday Night Football as well, as the New York Giants look to get off the schneid down there in the Dirty Dirty, going down there to the Georgia Dome to take on the Falcons. We'll break that one down at the end of the show, but it is Dane Martinez, the spitting statistician, and the King, Scott Angle here. Scotty, how you doing on a Monday we're still waiting for Scott. That's all right. So here's what we're going to do. Before we dive in and continue the games that we are talking about, I want to reset some of the headlines, some of the injuries that took place in week seven. If you're listening to us live here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network on a new hour, also want to let you know that the number to call if you want to join us as we put the fun in functional sports radio is 844 843 Bilal Powell left the Jets game with a neck injury. All right, she- McCoy is being treated is in the protocol it looks like left with a head injury really hurting fantasy owners after only two carries you know getting banged up and missing the rest of the game in a game where uh, you know the Indianapolis Colts dump truck the Buffalo Bills 37 to 5 other injuries that I want to talk about right now as you know I've been high on Sony Michelle the stereotype for a couple of weeks it looks like he had a bad injury was helped off the field carted to the locker room remember he has a history of knee injuries as well so we'll keep an eye out on that that is something where we'll keep an eye out because listen James White may take a lot more of the load Kenyon Barner is there as well but as my man Scotty Engel said last hour it would not surprise him if the New England Patriots right before the trade deadline make a little bit of a move to try to you know add depth there to that running back position this is if of course, Sony Michelle is going to miss time. We will see about that as MRIs start to get happening on Monday. I also want to let people know that if you are, you know, struggling in your league and you want to start to bounce back, what you need to do is go to rotoexperts.com and get the exclusive edge in-season fantasy football package. Enter the promo code THEKING at checkout. Um, so here's what I want to do. Okay. Hey, Scotty, we got Scotty back as well. Fantastic. Scotty, you know, I just gave um, a little bit of a recap of some of the big injuries that took place. You know, Shady McCoy, um, Sony Michelle. And interestingly enough, Scott, as we reset these injuries, I already look ahead to week eight. Thursday night football is... Texans and Dolphins and Scotty on the Dolphins side, Albert Wilson, Kenny Stills banged up. On the Texans side, and what you said last hour is more important, Kiki QT gets a hamstring, and then listen, Bill O'Brien is admitting that Deshaun Watson is not right. They're admitting it so much that they were not wanting to risk Deshaun Watson on a plane going to Jacksonville. They bust them there to Jacksonville. Issues of a bruised lung. I heard our girl Virginia from inside injuries even say potentially a puncture Lung on our Friday telecast, still a lot of concern with Deshaun Watson, but now they're four and three and in first place.
1: Yeah, I'm not a medical expert. I don't know how anybody can play with a punctured lung. Uh, yeah. but, but hey if it's know. bad enough
0: that they won't put you on a plane, that they're gonna make you bust it from Houston to Jacksonville, that means there is a real level of concern.
1: Oh yeah, of course, obviously, but you know, we're we're just not medical people. We don't know, you know, what guys can play with, what they can't play with, uh you know, why would they put their franchise quarterback at such major risk? We're just looking at this as outside layman, you know, from a medical perspective. But yeah. uh, right now, Deshaun Watson, you can't start him in fantasy football at all. From a pure NFL perspective, they'll give the Texans a lot of credit. You know, despite that, they've rebounded to a, uh, from an 0-3 start to win four in a row and take over the division lead. They are
0: four and three. They are leading the division. We will see about Deshaun Watson. You mentioned like you're not a medical person, right? So why would they? We think why would they do that? And sometimes the NFL teams put them out there. But there's also why would the Vikings put Dalvin Cook out there? They did, and it's turned into a problem. Why would the Jacksonville Jaguars put Leonard Fournette out there? They did too early. It turned out to be a problem. Why would the Falcons put Devontae Freeman out there? It turns out they did. It turned out to be a problem. So we shall see, Scotty. We were talking about the Patriots and the Bears before we uh, ended the last hour on Roto Experts in the morning. And again, I want to let people know on Monday and Wednesday, we don't have Mike Blewett in the chair. It's Dane Martinez and the King Scott Angle. We take two hours to go through everything that happened on Sunday, and we continue to do so now, Scotty, this Patriots-Bears game. We talked about the Hail Mary, which Kevin White did actually catch. We talked about the Injury unfortunately, to Sony Michelle and how you think the Patriots may go into the marketplace to try to find someone because Kenyon Barner is probably not necessarily the answer. The uh, Patriots also announced early in the morning that Rob Gronkowski was out for this game, and uh you know. Josh Gordon picks up the slack. Gordon, four catches, 100 yards. Hogan gets back involved now with no Gronk, 6 for 63. Julian Edelman involved. James White involved as well. Still a lot of options for TB12 to throw to. He uh, winds up with three touchdowns, 277 yards in the air.
1: Yeah, it looks like uh, earlier reports are indicating that Gronk is going to be back next week. So uh, think about that before you go out and pick up a revive Chris Hogan there. And uh, as far as the running back situation goes, yeah, you know, we laid it out, to, uh, you know, also, uh, you know, on our previous show, is that Kenjin Barner, is just a journeyman scat back. They can't expect anything from him. We have to wait and see on Sony Michelle. We just don't know either way. Although it looks bad, you know, that's still from the naked eye. We we can't tell anything. Uh, and if it if it is a long term thing, unfortunately. I would have to see the Patriots go out and maybe acquire another running back here because they can't depend on James White to carry the load.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Listen, let me ask you something, Scotty. You know, going into the season, we always had the narrative that some of these teams that had a lot of new pieces – or a new scheme might take time to gel, right? We've always talked about that. It may take time for offenses to gel. I also know going into the season, one guy I was high on was the Chicago tight end, Trey Burton. I thought that they were eventually wanting to use him in the same role as like Ch- Travis Kelsey in this Matt Nagy scheme. They wound up investing money on him in the offseason. I think it was four years, $32 million, which was, you know, maybe above the market what many people thought Burton was going to get in free agency could I can I spin the narrative, Scott? That you might buy that that's this is what's happening now. The Bears are starting to get a sense of their offense. They're starting to gel. Their playmakers are starting to understand their roles. And maybe now Trey Burton is going to be a tight end one moving forward. Nine catches, 126 yards. He gets in the end zone again. He's uh the arrow is certainly pointing up on Trey Burton, Scott. Maybe he's just him and Trubisky are just getting comfortable and confident in the scheme. You've mentioned that you think Trubisky's arrow is pointing up. Can we say the same thing for Trey Burton?
1: Well, Trey Burton's touchdown dependent, but he's still getting it done. You know, this was Nine easily for his best game. 126,
0: even without the touchdown.
1: Yeah, but look at the game log before that, though. You know, this was easily his best uh, game yardage-wise. You know, uh, he scored in four of his past five games, though. So, you know, that puts him as a back-end tight end one right now. You know, whenever they get near the goal line stripe, they're looking for Trey Burton, and it's consistent. You know The yardage you'll take as a bonus when you can get it, uh, and you saw more of it yesterday, so the arrow is certainly pointing up. I think I need to be sold a little bit more on the yardage and reception part of it. Uh, you know, that, that he can do this more frequently, but it's definitely pointed in the right direction from an offensive perspective, from a pure NFL perspective. You know, Trubisky still does have some warts that were exposed yesterday he had 24 incompletions and two interceptions. All right. So there you have it on that side. We talked about New England already.
0: Both of those teams still in the mix, <clears throat> obviously the Patriots at five and two right now with the number two seed in the AFC, and the Bears at three and three. Listen, in that NFC North where the Vikings are four, two and one, the Packers are on bye right there, and of course the Detroit Lions also got a win to get to five hundred. That division, the NFC North, is going to be interesting all season long. Let's go to another divisional matchup here. We're back down there in the AFC South, we've been talking about Deshaun Watson. We've been talking about the injuries. But let's look at this game a little bit more. The Texans get a W, to 20-7. Here's what I want to ask you. I want to go to the Jacksonville side. Scotty, a lot of times, you know, about three weeks ago, People were telling me, oh, Blake Bortles is such is so good. We should use Blake Bortles 400 yards. And I was like, listen, guys, I still don't trust Blake Bortles. I still don't want part of that Jacksonville passing game. And you know what I think the biggest thing has happened since this Leonard Fournette injury? I think it's stole or sapped some of their identity, Scott. And I've made this point a number of times. This Jacksonville Jaguars defense is still good but is not elite like they were last year. Okay, They took a small step back. And then when you also lose the run game piece, the way they want to run the ball, the identity they want to have is kind of punching you in the mouth with Big Leonard. This defense doesn't look as good as it has. And that also means then that they're relying a little bit more on the quarterback position on the pass game. And Blake Bortles cannot deliver. They ultimately on Sunday, Scott, bench Blake Bortles for Cody Kessler. And I've been saying this, if you need a... If what the Jags need out of their quarterback position is merely to play smart football to like not turn it over so that they can just run the ball and play defense, that's part of the reason I brought up like the Eli Manning idea. But they're going away from Blake Bortles. What do you think they do with their quarterback position here? You think it's going to be Kessler or Bortles on their center the next time we see Jacksonville?
1: I can't make a prediction. I don't know what the coach is going to do. All we know for sure is... Is that Blake Bortles is on very shaky ground. The reason why they got to the AFC Championship game last year was because they had Fournette. They had the defense playing at that level, and the defense wasn't completely shut down at times last year either. They, I think, they did allow 40 points twice, but in the playoffs, everything ideally came together as it often does in the postseason. Now you don't have four. They don't have Fournette, and they're asking Blake Bortles to carry the offense and it's or shoulder a bigger load. And he's been very up and down in that regard. But, you know, Blake Bortles is who Blake Bortles is. And, you know, ultimately, you know, that's, that's, that's it. You know, this, this team might have to make a trade for the quarterback uh, before the trading deadline, but what are they going to do? Are they going to go out and get Tyrod Taylor? You know, maybe that's an improvement, but uh, there's, there's really Eli. nothing out there. <laughs> like I said, there's, there's, there's nothing that's good out there. You know Eli Manning right. is nothing of an improvement at all. It's just it's a different set of problems if you're quiet I hear Eli you. I hear you. You know, newspapers, cetera. So you know, so I'm right off. We don't we don't know we don't know what's going to happen at the quarterback position. They're talking about overhauling, you know the the offense in a in an entirely new way. and You know that could be Carlos Hyde starting, That could be shuffling around the receivers. They have injuries at tight end. There there were reports that. That there was yelling and screaming in the locker room, and players had to be held, you know, held away from each other yesterday after the game. So this whole thing, Jacksonville thing, is turning into an entire mess.
0: Yep, it is a mess. Maybe Leonard Fournette gets back into the fray in a couple of weeks. We shall see. On the other side of things, listen, Scotty, you're saying we can't start Deshaun Watson. Listen, another one. 50% completion percentage, completing only 12 of his 24 attempts for only 139 yards. He does get the touchdown. I want to ask you this, though. Listen, Kiki QT one for three. He leaves a little bit early. Can I ask you, though, what is the impact on guys like Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins? I'm going into this thinking if I have hop in season-long leagues, I'm starting DeAndre Hopkins no matter what. If I was going to start him against Jacksonville, I'll start him anywhere, regardless of what I think about the quarterback situation. DeAndre Hopkins is a guy who's been a wide receiver one in fantasy with Brandon Wheaton, TJ Yates, you know, Tom Savage, Ryan Fitzpatrick as his quarterback. So it doesn't matter what happens. I'm rolling out DeAndre Hopkins, right
1: yeah, I, without question. Okay. Of course, Jacksonville's not a shutdown defense anymore. They've got, gotten outscored 60-14 to 14 in their last two weeks. Uh, you know, that said, we've seen this from Hopkins before. This is nothing new. This is why I've always said in the past, although there's a new kind of league this year, that... You can't always that fantasy superstars are fantasy superstars because they get it done over all levels of competition, and there may be no better example of that than DeAndre Hopkins. There is always a a nice floor built in there at a high level. Nobody is more dependable in fantasy football than DeAndre Hopkins, and look, Adam Thielen has done it for seven consecutive games, but DeAndre Hopkins has been doing it for years. So the, the 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 I would say that DeAndre Hopkins is probably the most, and definitely in his position, maybe arguably in all fantasy football, the best said it and forget it player that you have.
0: Absolutely, and I agree with you. You, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is still going to be a focal point of the offense. DeAndre Hopkins also made a beautiful one-handed catch down the left sideline. Get beaten, Jalen Ramsey for it. So here's what I want to ask you, though, Scott. Obviously, I agree with you as it relates to DeAndre Hopkins, but when we keep seeing this out of Deshaun Watson, right, and I've made the point to you before that I think the fear is that his eyes are starting to look at the rush instead of downfield, and when we also think about what parts of the root tree our guy Will Fuller runs, he did have six for 68 yesterday, but are you concerned at all about Will Fuller? I would be. Here's the thing. We know DeAndre Hopkins is going to get his, but if Deshaun Watson is compromised, if this passing offense can't and protect Deshaun Watson, I think Will Fuller might be the guy, you know, who winds up every now and again getting like three for 21. Uh, Are you concerned about Will Fuller's role or his potential? I know you think DeAndre Hopkins is set it and forget it. I don't think the same could be said for Will Fuller moving forward.
1: Uh, Deshaun Watson is healthy and playing at his best. Will Fuller's an every-week start as a wide receiver three. But you're right. It depends on the health of the quarterback right now, and also the one thing was with Will Fuller. It's you know it's not just about performance. The guy is always getting hurt. It seems you know he can't stay healthy. Yeah. So you're always concerned about Will Fuller, even if he's got a, uh, a string of three consecutive 100-yard games with a touchdown. And you know there was that streak where he was just like going back to last year, scoring in every game that Deshaun Watson played. You still worry because he, he, some players are just more injury prone than others. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Let me ask
1: you this though, Scotty. If the pa-
0: if the uh offensive line isn't there, if Deshaun Watson is completing 50% of his passes, you know, listen, Scott, I've been, you know, I've been beating the DeAndre Foreman drum for a while. We've been, you know, you know how everyone in this network, we all think Lamar Miller sucks, but Lamar Miller may have been listening to the fantasy sports n- network in terms of motivation because he goes 22 carries, 100 yards on the dot, and a touchdown. Um, Lamar Miller kind of putting it in my collective eye. Do you think that that's something that uh, we may see more of if they can't throw the ball, and if Watson isn't efficient, you think they actually turn hand and the ball off to Lamar Miller more?
1: They might have to, you know, if they're worried about Sean Watson here, but you know, we've seen occasionally good games from Miller before, so this is nothing to get excited about yet. Just raise an eyebrow and go, oh, that's interesting. I'm still not going to start him next week. All right,
0: fair enough. That's what we got to keep an eye on. Listen, Scott, we are going to break. What we got to do is we still have a couple of games to break down, okay? So we're going to talk about the afternoon games. We'll talk a little bit more about Sunday night football. We will preview Monday night football There's an interesting game in the NFC. You know, the loser of this game tonight is pretty much done as it relates to the rest of their season, the Atlanta Falcons and the New York Giants. We'll look at that. We'll break down what we saw in the afternoon game. We'll take your calls if you want as well. The number to call is 844-843-6879. We'll have the phone lines open for the rest of the show. And, Scotty, when we come back, we're going to break down Cleveland and Tampa Bay. Guess what? Cleveland looked like they were going to have a tie again. Just another Sunday for the Cleveland Browns in 2018. When we come back, we'll talk about it. Dane and Scott on Fantasy Sports Today on the award-winning. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Come on right back after this. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network Your free fantasy source 24 hours a day Back, it is FST on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You got the spitting statistician and El Rey de Fantasia, the King Scott Angle, here holding you down for another uh, 35 minutes or so before we pass the baton over to Gabe Morin, the fantasy executive Corey Parson, and of course the lovely Michelle Serpico as they take you through the morning. We're going to be talking about everything that happened here in week seven. We're going to be previewing Monday Night Football as well. But, Scotty, I got to let people know listen football is going on, the World Series starts tomorrow, but NBA basketball has tipped off as well and the DailyRoto.com NBA lineup optimizer is now available that means you can use the same tools and projections that DailyRoto.com has been using for NFL premium subscribers and you can win some money, you've heard about this you've heard about Colin Drew who won 70k one day and 150k the next, you've heard about 7 millionaires that we have made on, in NFL millimakers on FanDuel and DraftKings. I gotta also tell you one of our subscribers Mick McCarr11 yesterday in DFS on the NBA turned $500 into $100,000 yesterday. We keep churning out the winners with DailyRoto.com If you are playing DFS and are not using these tools, at this point you're just doing it wrong. You're at a competitive disadvantage. So go to DailyRoto.com Click on the Go Premium tab Enter the promo code FNTSY for a special discount and start winning today don't forget to enter the promo code fntsy for your special discount DailyRoto.com, the site where millionaires are made literally that's how we do it all right so scotty i was teasing it at the beginning as we went into the break listen the cleveland browns are playing another game in overtime honestly scotty i think they've played seven games this season and four of them have gone to overtime. Obviously, the tie that they had, right? They um, went to overtime, I believe, against New Orleans and lost. They went to overtime, I believe, against the Raiders as well. And now they've gone to overtime against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Four of their seven games have gone the extra frame, but the – Bucks get a W in Ray J, 26 23. The Browns, 4 2, 4, and 1. But to your point earlier that you made in the show, listen, the youth movement is there and they have some pieces. Baker Mayfield throws for two touchdowns, right? Runs for another 43 yards. They traded Carlos Hyde because now they want to go full Chubb. And Chubb gets 80 yards and a touchdown. They have the kid David Njoku, who they like at tight end, four catches, 52 yards, and a touchdown. They have Have some pieces that they like, and Jarvis Landry is supposed to be the mentor there. Ten carry catches, excuse me, 97 yards and a touchdown. A very um, high awareness play for his touchdown as well, Scotty. He catches it, dives over the middle, knows no one touches him, and kind of like scoots in and leans the ball over for a touchdown. The Browns may be 2-4-1, but they still got some pieces, Scotty
1: they certainly do and uh you know a lot of people complaining that Nick Chubb was stuck on 34 yards in the third quarter and like you know, stop that you know this that it, it you know a fantasy football game an NFL game is uh is four quarters and then he ended up with 80 yards and a touchdown and everything worked out okay i it uh, you know, you'll, you'll take it. You'll take the 14, 15 points, whatever you got, depending on your scoring system. Landry, was good to see him in the end, get in the end zone because for all his targets, we haven't seen him get in the end zone enough. But you don't worry about Jarvis Landry. You know, made some great catches yesterday. David Njoku is now, uh, now proven that he needs to start him every week tight end. He has really rebounded since they made the quarterback switch.
0: All right, absolutely. And then listen, Scotty, on the other side of things, I don't know how many times I had to tell people how high I was on Jameis Winston. Now, for the second week in a row, Scotty, he has the highest passing game in the NFL. 365 yards. I've been telling people that Jameis is going to put it up 45, 50 times a game because they don't have much of a running game to speak of. He goes 32 of 52 attempts, 365 yards. Now, Scotty, he doesn't get any touchdowns through the air, and he does throw two picks. But guess what? That two, Those two interceptions are mitigated and then some by the fact that Jameis Winston was also the Buccaneers' leading rusher with 55 yards on the ground and a touchdown on the ground. Jameis Winston continuing, like we said, to be in these kind of games where they are going to rely on him second week in a row, he leads the NFL in passing yards since he's been back, Scott.
1: Yeah, and of course uh the rushing floor was really nice to see. Yeah. We've always seen that potential from Winston. Yeah. Well we've always seen that potential, mm-hmm. uh, but we've never seen this at a consistent level. It would be really nice, you know, if they turned out to be the 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 the, these kind of numbers, and you know, he's always shown the potential to scramble and maybe rush for touchdowns, and that's who Winston is too. He's an NFL quarterback. You always going to be have the danger of the interceptions, but you know, with so much volume and rushing, like you said, it can sometimes you know uh, you know wipe away the pain of you know seeing those interceptions, and it's just going to be so much volume. But you, you, look, I talked about it in a uh, fantasy football today on the Sunday edition. There were so many people assuming that this was going to be a major shootout, but the Browns only scored 23. Sometimes when you see a coordinator change, you know, the defense does play better, and they played better on the back end. They didn't give up any big plays. They, they put up a pass rush, and you know, the defense played well, uh, respectably. Yes, it did play uh, great, but it, it was certainly more respectable than we've seen.
0: It was. Uh, most of this game, you know, think about it, at halftime it was 16-2. to 2. You know, so the Bucks were, in essence, their Bucks defense at least was pitching a shutout for the first half. You know, Baker got it going a little bit in the second half when the game opened up a little bit. I want to ask you about these Bucks pass catchers, Scotty. Listen, Mike Evans, you know, remember when, when Tampa scored something like 40-some-odd points last week and Jameis almost threw for 400 yards, people were worried about like, oh, what about Mike Evans? And we were like, listen, he's going to get hits. He'll be just fine. Seven catches for 107 yards. You got to be okay with that. Nobody got into the end zone for the Bucks and the passing game. But listen, I think these guys are now all going to be reliable week to week. Mike Evans goes seven for 107. OJ Howard, five for 67. You got to like that. Even without a touchdown, it looks like he's going to be reliable. And our guy, Chris Godwin, who we were talking about that we were high on the, I think he's a third year guy now out of Penn State. We were saying that we thought he was primed to be get more production than Deshaun Jackson going into this season. Chris Godwin would five for 55. These three pass catchers look to be consistent moving forward for the Tampa Bay Bucks, right?
1: Yeah, and Deshaun Jackson isn't. And Jameis Winston likes who he likes. It seems like he might like even Adam Humphreys more than he does Deshaun Jackson. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a Deshaun Jackson guy. And uh, right. it looks like Jameis Winston field. just preferred, prefers other targets. Chris Godwin has a pretty nice floor every week. Uh, you know, very solid wide receiver for fantasy.
0: Absolutely. So you and your in your league, you may be able to take advantage of another owner who just like knows the name recognition of Deshaun Jackson and thinks that Chris Godwin is going to be toiling behind him. We think Chris Godwin is actually the more consistent option as the number two wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Bucks, obviously behind Mike Evans. Let's go to another game, Scotty. A game that I thought was very interesting, and we mentioned it at the top of the show, how almost automatic kicker Justin Tucker, really kind of, this is the one time where he let his Baltimore Ravens teammates down, the New Orleans Saints get AW in Baltimore 24-23, and another game that could have, quite frankly, could have, would have, should have gone to overtime, but Justin Tucker misses the extra point with 24 seconds left to play. Uh, Joe Flacco, though? 279 yards and two touchdowns. Alex Collins, though, here's what I want to ask you about. Listen, Alex Collins doesn't fumble, right? but also only gets 38 yards on the ground, does not get into the end zone via the ground like he did last week. And that kind of helped him 11 carries 38 yards. And it's not like, listen, Scotty Buck Allen, only three yards there. Willie Sneed. They tried end arounds. They had Lamar Jackson in there a bunch, but this Baltimore run game is still not, you know, something to be excited about or something to depend on.
1: Yeah, it was a very disappointing performance. Look, look, the uh, uh, the the Saints do play pretty well against the run overall. You know, it's not just the fact that they give up a lot against the pass. You know, they they are sturdy up front. But you thought Alex Collins was going to get the, a chance to finish off some scoring drives, short yardage wise, because he's very touchdown dependent. And it just didn't happen yesterday. I like watching Alex Collins. He runs like his his hair is on fire. But uh, you know, they they I just don't think they they ever let him get into the flow of the game. Pretty consistently, you know, by constantly popping in Buck Allen.
0: Yeah. Let me ask you this, Scotty. Going into the season, right? We were like, oh, there is a rookie quarterback that is incredibly dynamic. Right. That they are going to find ways to get him the ball, whether that be as a quarterback or as a running back or in some trick plays. Right. We were like, there is a rookie quarterback who is going to be so dynamic and going to create problems for defenses. If I told you there was a rookie quarterback, you know, like in the preseason in this game that was doing that, everybody would have said it was Lamar Jackson. But what about Taysom Hill? Scott, honestly, like they are finding ways to get Taysom Hill the ball. They are doing the same thing and having like Drew Brees split out wide. They're doing end the rounds. They're having him throw the ball. They're having him run the ball. Uh is Taysom Hill actually like a more viable fantasy asset than Lamar Jackson right now?
1: Uh but I don't think either one of them. I don't know that anyone assets
0: neither it. one of them are assets. Let's say that. Fun. No, neither one of them are fantasy that, like,
1: assets. they're just they're fun, they're fun gadget players to watch as a football fan.
0: Do you do you think there's any way, shape, or form that, like, if you were in a dynasty league, Scott, you know, Drew Brees is at the end of the rope a little bit. Remember that's why they traded for Teddy Bridgewater. Like in a dynasty league, are you stashing Lamar Jackson or Taysom Hill?
1: Uh, Lamar Jackson for sure. We we, we don't know anything. We don't know anything about uh, Taysom Hill as a passer. You know, he was an undrafted free agent. He's got no pedigree. Uh, we don't know what he can be as a quarterback at all.
0: All right, fair enough, and then like, I look at the passing game here for New Orleans. Listen, Drew Brees, kudos to him. He gets his 500th touchdown pass. He only throws for 212, but he does get you the two touchdowns as well, right? One to Michael Thomas and one to Ben Watson, so we continue to tip our hat to the Hall of Fame quarterback that is Drew Brees. But I want to ask you, Scott, after the Ted Ginn Jr. news, right, we were wondering who's going to pick up the slack. Ben Watson with six catches. Might he be part of this answer? But then it looked like Traquan Smith is there, 44 yards on three catches. No Cameron Meredith, though. So do, does it look like it's going to be obviously these running backs, Michael Thomas, maybe Ben Watson and Traquan Smith as the pass catchers?
1: Yeah, let's not do this Ben Watson thing again. You know, he was nowhere from like week two to week 15 last year. This is his only good game this year. Ben Watson's not a thing. Nice revenge game for him, but Ben Watson's not a thing.
0: But what I'm saying is this thing also coincides not only the revenge game, but it coincides to Ted Ginn Jr. not being there. So my question is, who picks up the Ted Ginn Jr. slack? In this one week that we saw, Ben Watson certainly was part of that.
1: Well, Ben Watson was getting catches like, you know, more of the – not Ted Ginn type of catches, you know, not down. Okay, you know that that's uh, and they really weren't throwing a lot of bombs yesterday. So I don't think it's exemplary of the Ted Ginn thing. But to answer your question, though, I think it's definitely Traquan Smith. Now, look, the numbers don't look great, but when you look at the the context in which he was used yesterday, he was getting used on a lot of key downs. He was getting looked at on a lot of key downs, and he showed the game before that he's got downfield targets. It's all about Traquan Smith, I think, if, if anyone. Otherwise, you know, it could go back to just being, you know, a ton of Michael Thomas. But, you know, Ben Watson, you know, not in the mix as far as at all is what I'm concerned. You know, I'm not going to react to one game on Ben Watson. Very, very skeptical on it. Uh, if I turn out to be wrong, I'll admit I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. Treyquan Smith is definitely going to be a guy that you got to pick up.
0: All right, and then let's talk about this running back split. Because a lot of people, listen, have Alvin Kamara. A lot of people have been going to, you know, strong records because they had Alvin Kamara early in the season. Kamara gets 19 touches here. Ingram gets 14 touches Kamara still does make the most of them and he's the one that gets into the end zone but honestly is this the kind of split that we are should expect to see moving forward because we've talked about this with other backs right we talked about it with a potential split in New England we talked about it with what the split might look like in other places we're trying to anticipate what a split could potentially look like down the road with Pittsburgh with Lev Bell coming back is this the split we should expect to see with Kamara and Ingram moving forward and what What does that mean for people who have been relying on Alvin Kamara since week one?
1: I think it is what you saw last year, pretty much, and it's no surprise. Although there might be a little bit more downside, though, for both of them. Disappointing performance for Ingram yesterday. And I think although you can't complain about the final totals – Alvin Kamara has moved from a guy that where people wanted to draft him in the top three and he had a great four first weeks while Ingram was suspended to maybe now where he's more of a back-end RB1. Now, when you look at him as a pure runner ever, the vision, the acceleration, the strength. It's wonderful to watch Alvin Kamara, one of my favorite guys to watch in all of football. But his reps are going to be more limited, and I just don't think that he can have that type of – you know, just uh, the yards per carry and the yards per touch that he did last year. It's not sustainable. And, you know, this is a different type of offense where they're going to throw more, I think. And they're still going to rely on the run, but the defense very often is going co- uh, to continue to cause them to throw a lot. Now, that does help Kamara, but, you know, when drives get in the red zone, when I was watching the flow of this game and I watched so much of it, you never know on any given drive who's going to be in, in the goal line package. It it, it really depends on – it's the hot hand. Like late late in the game, Kamara got hot. They left him in the goal line, but they took him out in other goal line packages. It's going to be different levels of frustration. I think – I think it's for Kamara. Ultimately, you can't complain about the floor. But there are, there are weeks when he's not going to look like that fantasy superstar. And with Ingram, there are going to be weeks like last week. And there are going to be weeks like this week.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But in season long, we're still starting both Kamara and Ingram with confidence on a week-to-week basis. Right, Scotty?
1: Yeah, I mean you can't bench Kamara, obviously. It's, no, absolutely. You know, the I was state asking of more running, about Ingram though? W- w- it gets dicey when you get past number eight, so you got to start Ingram too. All
0: right, fair enough. And listen, we, I, I've been making the point about the Chargers. Don't look now, but the Chargers are primed and ready in the AFC. Don't look now, but the Saints are five and one in the NFC. Everybody loves the Bra- uh, Everybody loves the Rams, but listen, you know the NFC East are beating each other up. The NFC North are beating each other up. We know about the Rams, but the Saints could also be a team in prime position, and if they get some home playoff games, no one's going to want to go down to the Dome in, uh, in January. I also think, by the way, Scotty, watch out now, and I know it's early and there's some other names in there, but I think Drew Brees should start to get MVP consideration this year as well. What do you think about that hot take? Drew Brees, potential MVP candidate this year.
1: Yeah, I think so, and uh, there's going to be a lot of sentiment going his way with him That's breaking right. all the exactly. records, exactly. Et cetera, But I, I think it's going to be, you know, when you look at least the NFC, I think it's going to be very hard to argue against Todd Gurley. Uh, you know, the quarterback is usually the one that wins the MVP. I think the last non MVP non quarterback MVP was Sean Alexander, but I, I think right now he would probably be fourth. It'd be Gurley, Brady. Mahomes all ahead of him, I think.
0: Yep, that's possible. Don't get it twisted, though. This kind of uh, sentimental bet, I think, could go in there. And listen, if the the Saints are now five and one, if they wind up twelve and four, like the two seed with a bye in the NFC, I could seize the sentimental vote in a year where he breaks all these records, gets his five hundredth yard, and it's not like you know he would be a bad choice. Let's say
1: we got one yeah, segment but if the Rams there, Scotty, are fourteen and two, girl, and the the one seed girl gonna see. win it.
0: We'll, we shall see. Like you said, it has kind of been a quarterback award. But we'll get into that on the other side of the break. we got a couple games to break down, including those Rams. And uh, we'll talk about Monday Night Football as well. Fantasy Sports Today right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Come on right back after this. Welcome back, it is FST right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You got the spitting statistician and El Rey de Fantasia breaking down what we saw in week seven we got a couple more games to talk about, then we'll spin it forward to Monday Night Football here as the Falcons and Giants finish up Week 7, and we hit the halfway point of the fantasy football season. But we have a caller there's someone that wants to help us as we put the fun in functional sports radio. D-Money from New Jersey, you're on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network with the king of the spitting statistician. How can we help you? You got some questions for tonight? What's up, my yeah, friend? Hey,
1: what's up, guys? Hey, hey, Scott, you doing another hour Man, I don't believe it, bro. am good. Yeah, Mondays and Wednesdays. I'm, uh, I get the bonus of another hour with my friend here, Dane. All yeah, right, in cool. for uh, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely.
0: You got him here Mondays and Wednesdays, so you could call on back on Wednesday. But we got you now, so uh, how can we help you, D-Money?
1: Hey, guys. I'm looking to um, do a trade with some some guys out there, but uh, I think I'm pretty good right now. Um, what do you guys think? Um, you think I should uh, – I got Marshall Lynch, Haynes, and Crowell. And Quincy, I'm thinking about um, unloading for for some uh, for some guys. You can't un- uh, you can't unload Marshawn. The guys the guys you mentioned, you can't unload right. any of them. They have no trade value. Like,
0: you're trying to unload them, okay,
1: but guess what? There's
0: no manager out there that's trying to take them, you know? Sure, you're trying <laughs> to unload them, but you're saying, like, you also said, D-Money, that, like, you're doing pretty good, right? So it sounds like you may be trying to trade just to trade. I understand you want to cast aside the the dregs of your roster, but who the hell is going to trade for Marshawn Lynch right now that's hurt? Who the hell is going to trade for Quincy and Nunwa that's hurt right now? You got to, you know, put yourself in the shoes of the other manager as well, bro.
1: Yeah, that's true. I got Mike Evans as my wide receiver, Mike Thomas, Brown, and uh, Callaway and Kirk. So, um, that sounds great at wideout. sounds man. like you're stacked at wideout.
0: If anything, you might want to trade from that position of strength to improve another position. But that's the thing. You have to have an objective when you trade. My man Scott Angle says it all the time, D-Money. The thing is, like, what are you trying to get out of it? I understand that what you're trying to get out of it right now is it sounds like to improve the depth or the bench parts of your roster. But you may have to do that via the waiver wire instead of via trade. Because who's going to be trading for Marshawn Lynch when there's reports that he's already out for a month. He might end up on IR. No one's taking that kind of asset on right now.
1: Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, if he goes on IR soon, uh, you, you'll just have to cut him. And if you, yeah. you stay ahead of the curve, I'm always talking about on RotoExperts.com when I do my advanced scout every Monday about what running backs to, to to pick up and stash. I think you know my next one might be Capri Bibbs because not only did he perform pretty well yesterday, but... If Adrian Peterson is playing really well, continues to get banged up and he goes out, they're gonna turn to Bibbs out of desperation over some Maj P. Ryan. So if Marshawn Lynch goes on IR, you know, I would cut him quick pick up Capri Bibbs. Yeah, I got um I got a uh, opponent coming up tonight for the Monday night game. I got Kevin Coleman going up against C Radley. I am up 20, 126 to ninety. What do you guys think? I, I
0: think there's uh, nothing you to worry about. Yeah, I think you're going to be just fine unless Calvin Ridley winds up with one of those crazy three-touchdown games, but I don't expect it to happen. I think you're going to be just fine, D-Money. Hit us up a little bit later on in the week, and we'll help set that lineup for you next week, all right? Thanks for the call, though. Um, Scotty, let's keep it moving here. No problem. Let's keep it moving because we only got a couple minutes before we got to turn it over to Carton and friends a little bit later on. Scotty, you were mentioning Capri Bibbs, and that brings us to the last game we really need to, or well, one of the last games to talk about. The Washington football team gets a W. They are in first place in the NFC East at 4-2 and two after beating the Cowboys 20-17. to 17. Honestly, Scott, though, I don't know what I believe in in this on on this uh, roster. You talk about Capri Bibbs, and I can hear you with Adrian Peterson being banged up, but might might uh, Chris Thompson come back and complicate that thing as well?
1: They're going to need somebody to carry the ball if Adrian sure. Peterson goes down. And that, that can't be Chris Thompson. Capri Bibbs is true. versatile. Uh, you know, he's, he's 5'11", 208. And uh, Samadja Piran, uh, as soon as I saw him get in the game yesterday, he lost five yards. So I think they don't trust Samadja Piran whatsoever. You know, it's like I'll throw something wild out there, okay, crazy. If Sony Michel is out for a while— I I would I would not be surprised if like say maybe the Patriots trade for Samaja Piran as a reclamation project.
0: Interesting, interesting. Capri Bibbs guy that Scotty is talking about. Only two carries because Totally off the wall, but I'm gonna throw it out there. Okay. Did carry the load for twenty four carries, ninety nine yards. Capri Bibbs only two for thirteen. Was a force in the pass game though, forty three yards and a touchdown in the air. On the other side of things, Scotty What's up with Zeke Elliott? 15 carries, 33 yards,
1: didn't do much in a game where they needed him. Uh, just a bad game for a very good player. It happens. It happens once in a while. I think anybody with half a fantasy brain, you know, is is not going to worry about Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, but then again, you never know who plays in your league. If you find a panicky Elliott owner, go ahead and make a deal for him right now. No, but no better time than the present. You know, certainly got a lot of looks in the passing game, just didn't convert. You know, drop the pass you know, right in his chest in the end zone. Uh, elliot will be Elliot'll be just fine. I'm not worried about him. And the Bibbs thing is it's no discredit to Adrian Peterson. In fact, I give him a lot of credit. You know, he's always tried to prove people wrong. Remember when he shredded his knee a few years ago and ran for 2,000 yards? Yep. Adrian Peterson is not quite the runner that he was in his prime, right? Doesn't run with the same authority and power, but he's still got great vision. He makes people miss, and he's good near the goal line. Uh, He's no longer a superstar, but still a very good running back. And he just became the third running back, age 33 or older, to uh, to rush for over 95 yards or more in four of his first six games. So uh, I think after last year, we were thinking all oh, that Adrian Peterson, you know, that we can't trust him anymore. and We're waiting for him to flame out. But uh, he, I think he's proven that he's for real. No longer as a superstar, but you know, as a is a very reliable piece.
0: Yeah, absolutely. If you say he's not what he once was, what he once was was one of the greatest running backs in NFL history for his fan there, right? So if he, he could still not be that and still be viable, and it looks like that's what the Washington football team is getting for as long as it lasts. Scotty, we have more to get to, so we got to keep it moving here. The Rams go to 7-0 and on the season with a 39-10 to victory over the San Francisco 49ers. We were talking about potential MVP candidates in Los Angeles. I personally believe that they'll kind of like split the vote a little bit, but I digress. We don't need to get into that just much. Todd Gurley scores two touchdowns. Jared Goff throws for two touchdowns, one to uh, Brandon Cooks, one to Todd Gurley himself. Here's what I want to ask you, though. On the other side of things, on San Francisco side, there was the talk about, oh, Mostard is this waiver wire pickup, but then Shanahan said, oh, maybe he didn't hop over Alfred Morris. Look at this running back, literally committee, Scott, and I use the word committee on purpose because there is more than two Raheem Mostart seven carries 59 yards Alfred Morris nine carries for 25 yards Matt Breida who got banged up a little bit five carries for 15 yards help me make sense out of this what do I do when the San Francisco 49ers are playing the Arizona Cardinals next week what do I expect out of these San Francisco running backs Scott
1: first check the injury report because Breida left the game again so that's what I'm saying. When, yeah. Bre- when, Bre- when, Bre- when Breed is in there, I still think he's still a lead guy as far as most are not being in the mix. Well, you know, they say when coaches are lying, their lips are moving. And, uh, you know, on the other side, it, it is it is what it is. This is what championship teams do. They beat the teams they're supposed to beat in this sort of fashion.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Even uh I know we don't talk kickers, but Greg Zerline gets back in there as well. He makes three field goals and four uh extra points. You know, nice offense to have the kicker of. Good to see Zerline back. He hits three field goals as well, a 35-yarder, a 37-yarder, and a 33-yarder, but you know he has
1: the leg to do even more. So, this, hey, we do, we do talk kickers, and it's it's good to see him back. Because like we said, a lot of people don't pay enough attention to kickers. And uh, that's one of the names that they just plug in and forget it. People act like every kicker is just like the draft is just plug it and forget it. But uh, Zerline is a true plugger and forget it. I think there's about maybe three of those when you talk about fantasy kickers.
0: All right, hopefully I grabbed one of the ones that you consider as well off my waiver wire. I got Matt Prater on the Detroit Lions, and he had a very nice game. A lot of field goals, including a 50-yarder for that Jim Bob Cooter offense, and they go back in the dome, and he has had his bye. So I do not intend to make a kicker move for the rest of the season. Scotty, only a couple of minutes. We have to talk about Monday Night Football. The Giants are down in Atlanta. The Falcons are four-point favorites in this one with a total of 54. Let's start there. Scotty listen we've been attacking this Atlanta defense because of their back you know they're Uh, replacement safeties. Deion James is not there anymore. Is it Deion Jones? I always forget them. I always forget which one it is. (laughs) Deion James is a
1: baseball player. (laughs) Right. So does
0: that mean, Scotty, listen, with that coverage linebacker out, those safeties out, are we looking at Evan Ingram tonight? Are we thinking Odell Beckham finally gets a big game tonight? What do we think about this Giants offense, which looks putrid, which looks quite frankly like Eli Manning is shot, and that it's nothing but Saquon Barkley? Will the uh, Falcons back Back end and their injury riddled back end all of a sudden make Eli Manning look competent again tonight?
1: I think Jim Day put it best on Fantasy Football Rewind. You never know until the first series what kind of Eli Manning you're going to get tonight. Now, no team other than the Buccaneers allows more fantasy points to quarterbacks than the Falcons, but you can't start Eli with confidence. In any matchup, of course you start Beckham. Of course you started Barkley, uh, Sterling Shepard. You don't know Evan Ingram. You know this. this, this the the, uh, the Falcons get creamed by tight ends, so you got to start all of those guys. But at the same time, you know they're a little volatile. You know Odell Beckham hasn't been putting up the numbers that we expect. Although he could have his best game of the season tonight. You know what Saquon's going to do. You hope Evan Ingram's going. to All signs point to being healthy. But outside of Saquon Barkley, you just don't know if there's any ceiling with anybody on the Giants.
0: Who's going to lead this running back timeshare now for Atlanta? You got, you got Tevin Coleman, who, as we've said, has not really run that well and grabbed the opportunity. And I know, Scott, you have been kind of sneakily high on Edo Smith, telling everybody that he needs to be on people's radar. Who's, uh, who's the back to own for Atlanta tonight?
1: It's it's really a work in progress, and we have to see. Tevin Coleman is run, run with the opportunity, and neither is Eno Smith with sixty three rushing yards in the last two games. That said, if Ito, either either one of these guys, if they can suddenly take advantage of it, I think they'll take the lead fantasy wise, and I'd probably have more confidence that maybe Edo Smith can do that. All right. So if you
0: you know, this could be it sounds like you're saying Scott, the window could be closing to buy low on Edo Smith. This may be when he announces himself to the NFL. Is that correct? He's got
1: the opportunity. I can't right. have confidence in either running back that it could lead to production here though. We could be talking about, you know, we see it more in Tampa Bay, more to an extreme. This could just be a mediocre backfield where both of them are just finishing off scoring drives and the team relies on the pass. Just because there's an opportunity got, doesn't mean that either one can take advantage. All right, let's, real quick, you got to pick here.
0: Falcons are at home. They're four point favorites. Do they continue the horrible season for the Giants tonight? Real quick, Scotty, what do you think? Lay
1: the points with Atlanta.
0: Yeah, I like Atlanta as well. Carton and friends up next here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'll talk to you tomorrow, Scott. Have a great day, fantasy
1: players. we out. You too, bro.